Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. <laughs> All right, welcome back. Uh, you're listening to Richmond's Morning News, uh, hosted by John Reed, although John's not in the studio today. We talked to him a little bit ago uh, from Germany. Uh, he's over there with one of his uh, travel tours. We'll return Monday, and uh, this is Jim Hobgood sitting in for John, and Karen Michael will be back in this chair tomorrow in advance of John's return on Monday. Uh, we now are uh, delighted to be joined by Dr. An- Andrew Bernstein, uh, who's an expert on a number of things. Um, first of all, uh, do you prefer Andrew or Andy? Well, a- Andrew, I think, is uh, as a writer, Andrew is the name I, I use formally, so I think that's that's best. All right, we're going we're gonna to go with that then. Yeah, you don't mind if I call you by your first name, though? No, 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 that's, no, that's fine. All right, uh, Andrew. Maybe to, maybe to start with, could you give us a, a short bio so uh, listeners know who we're talking with? Sure. Uh, just I'm just a kid from Brooklyn, uh, Jim. You know, and went went through the public school system growing up, and that's why you know when I wrote a book, published a book last year, why Johnny still can't read, write, or you know, or, or understand math is based on to some degree on my experiences in the in the public schools. But anyway, I got. PhD in philosophy from the graduate school, City University of New York, published a number of books, including a booklet a few years ago, The Truth About Climate Change, way outside my field, by the way, since, you know, I'm a humanities guy. But the issue so fascinated me that I've done enormous amount of research, you know, over the years without reading the books that climate scientists write. So I'm a, I'm a writer, a philosophy professor, and uh, that's uh, that's my story. Well, listen, I, I, I know my... Uh... Our producer, Dan, uh, my son, is going to have some questions as well. But I, I thought I would start maybe with a summary. Uh, uh, is there climate change? Who or what is responsible? And uh, is it dire? Well, that's that's putting it very nicely, Jim. Yes, there's, there's climate change. Nature is responsible. And no, it's not dire. That, that, that's <laughs> the truth, succinctly. And I think to give some of the evidence um, that very rarely gets discussed in the in the media hysteria over this is that there's a there's a natural climate process. Uh, you know, so we're in, in today in, in what they call the modern warm period. And prior to that, you know, from roughly late 19th century today, it's, it's been warming roughly. Uh, prior to that, you know, roughly 1300 to 1800 is what they called 
the Little Ice Age, when the, the Earth was, was colder than it is uh, today. But prior to that was the medieval warm period, in roughly 900 to 1300 A.D. That's when the Norse, by the way, the Norse not only settled Greenland and could grow crops there, but they thought to name it Greenland. <laughs> you, you wouldn't name it Greenland today. You know, you fly over Greenland on the flight to Europe, and you see it's not very green. But evidently they were able to grow crops back then. Uh, prior to the medieval warm period was the dark age cold period. And prior to that, when Jesus was, you know, around the time Jesus was alive, was the Roman warm period. But to go back a little ways, the Minoan, that's notable, the Minoan warm period, roughly 1500 to 1000 BC, was significantly warmer than it is today. Dr. Tim Ball, the Canadian climate scientist, was an expert in paleoclimatology, documented that. That's long before human beings industrialized. I mean, thousands of years before human industrialization, the Earth was several degrees Celsius warmer than it is today, and so on. There's a natural climate cycle, and there's every reason to believe that the modern war period is simply an ongoing process caused by enormously complex factors of nature. It's fatuous to believe that that CO2 is, is the cause, especially humanly limited to human CO2 emissions, when there's so many powerful natural forces at work. Yeah, you, say, you say that the, that man-made or man-produced CO2 accounts for only, what, 4 to 5% of, of overall CO2 in the atmosphere, and then overall CO2 in the atmosphere isn't any more than just a fraction of a percent of, of the contents of the entire atmosphere, correct? Yeah, absolutely right. Dr. Roy Spencer, who's a, a PhD in meteorology from the University of Wisconsin and a very accomplished uh, NASA, you know, former NASA scientist who helped develop the uh, satellite program to measure Earth's, uh, Earth's temperatures. Roy Spence estimates 5% of the CO2 emitted into the atmosphere is human. The other 95% comes from natural causes. Dr. Tim Ball, who, who died a, a year or so ago in his, in his 80s, uh, you know, accomplished Canadian climate scientist, estimates less than that, 3 to 4% uh, is, is human. And mo- most of it is is natural. And yeah, um, uh, CO2 in the atmosphere today is at 400, 420, roughly 420 parts per million. That's parts wow. per million. You know, so roughly, let's say 400 parts per million. That means 999,600 parts of the atmosphere are not CO2. It's, it's, a, it's a trace gas. If we remember our high school chemistry, the atmosphere is 78% nitrogen, 21% oxygen, and then 8, 10, 12 trace gases. I can't remember how many. One of them is CO2. And um, you've made the so, argument that, if anything, CO2 <laughs> levels may actually be too low. Yeah, Dr. Patrick Moore. Excuse me, guys. <clears throat> I, I came down with a cold yesterday. But Dr. Patrick Moore was a PhD in what they used to call ecology, and today would be environmental science. And he uh, you know, was a former head of Greenpeace International, argues that CO2 levels are, are too low. And I think he's, I, you know, I'm not an expert on this. I'm a philosopher, not a scientist. But reading what, you know, scientists have to say, it makes sense. I believe the number when plant life, which is the foundation of the food chain, when plant life begins to die is, is down around 150 parts per million. Mm-hmm. So 420 parts per million is, is perilously low. And um, let, me put, let me point out a data point here that shocks people. During the Cambrian period, roughly 500 million years ago, 550 million years ago, they call part of that period the Cambrian explosion. It's not a literal eruption. It's, it's an enormous increase in the, in the number of life forms on Earth. I think that's when 
life forms moved up out of the oceans, you know, and onto the land. CO2 levels was 7,000 parts per million compared to 420 parts per million today. 7,000 parts per million. Now, we know plant life flourishes at high CO2 levels, and plant life did flourish. Uh, and, that, and, you know, the herbivores were able to survive the carnivores. The herbivores, the foundation of the food chain was secure at 7,000 parts per million. Now, in keeping with the AGW hypothesis, <clears throat> excuse me, man-made woman, it was, the earth was very warm. It was like 70 or 72 degrees Fahrenheit. It's the warmest I think it's ever been. Um, but in, in contradiction to the AGW hypothesis, it was not harmful to life. It was beneficial. To life. So as much as I hate the hot human weather, it's, it's extremely propitious for life. The plant life flourishes. The food chain, is the, the, the foundation of the food chain is, is, is secure. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, if, if anything, CO2 levels are too low, not too high. You know, that, uh, that leads to the obvious question, why the current hysteria then, and right. why are they going to force us all to buy electric vehicles? Well, notice it all comes from the left. I mean, there's, you know, there's, there's very few people who support capitalism, who I know of, who are hysterical about it. There are probably some, but they're, they're not shrill and loud. They don't control the, the leftist media. They want to push us into communism, pure and simple. This is a, this is a way for the government to gain more and more control over, over industry, over our lives, over the all-important energy industry. It all, it, with the, the late, great Dr. Walter Williams, the... Uh, economist at, at George Mason called environmentalist watermelons, right? Green on the outside, red on the inside. They're, they're, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, I hadn't heard that. You know, <laughs> Walter Williams, uh, he was uh, terrific. You know, we miss him, yeah. uh, miss yeah, him very much. Right. Yeah, he's right. Green the is the new red, huh? The goal, yeah, absolutely. They're not, yeah, the goal. So, is it is, to, uh, is it just a matter of having people like you uh, c- continue to try to communicate the the real facts to to change the uh, narrative? Well, yeah, the, the well, you you fight irrationality with rationality. You fight falsehoods with with truth. The terrifying thing, Jim and Dan, is that the leftists want to suppress freedom of speech. Now, they don't want guys like us. You're talking on the, you know, on, on the radio. I, I mean, the Biden administration not so long ago introduced what was it, a, a disinformation governance board at at, at, at Homeland Security. They they want right. to, you know, and, they, and we know from the Twitter files. Thank God for Elon Musk, crazy as he is in some ways. You know, he's a he's a strong free speech guy. We know we know how they they've uh, coached. Twitter and various social media platforms on what, what you can say and, and what you cannot say. Remember during the height of the pandemic, it was in New Zealand. It wasn't here, but it's the same leftist mentality. Jacinda Ardern, Jacinda Ardern, the former prime minister, she said in, in so many words, she said about, about the government, we will be your source of truth. She said, if you don't hear it from us, it's not true. I mean, it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. The government is our sole source of truth. They want to shut down anybody who, I want to silence anybody who we, who contradicts their leftist dogma. Sure, we talk a lot about the the aftermath of the twenty election twenty twenty election on this show, and uh, for for all of the talk about fraud as a matter of fact with the procedural voting, uh, I think I think we've seen polls now that say that upwards of sixteen seventeen percent of people who cast a vote for Biden would have changed their vote if they had known that the Hunter Biden 
Biden crime family story was true. And and all of these media outlets, I guess, in, in part, uh, I guess, uh, pushed by the government to do so, banned conversation about about that by some of these outlets. Uh, and, and it just suppressed the story long enough for, for the election to, to take place. Yeah, uh, I'm not surprised. It was the biggest, probably the biggest October surprise in the history of presidential politics. And if the media, you know, I'm old enough to remember, you know, back in the day when the media was still leftist generally, but also um, tried to try at least in some cases to tell the truth and cover, you know, cover stories. If the media had covered the story, um, then yeah, I'm, I, I'm not surprised at those numbers. I, my guess is Trump would have, Trump would have won the, the election. The, um, you know, you know what's also indicative here of this terrifying attempt by the government uh, to impose censorship and just leftists even outside the government to impose cancel culture and try and suppress or silence anybody who disagrees with leftist orthodoxy. You know, as in the last four or five years, they use the term disinformation and misinformation. Why do they need terms like that? Why can't they just say, this is false? You know, these are falsehoods or these are lies. Yeah, we need to uh, figure out a way to go back to old-style debate uh, where you're, you know, debating uh, one side versus the other. But, Andrew, uh, we got to take a temporary break here. If you'll stay with us, we're going to bring you back uh, at the bottom of the hour and uh, look forward to talking to you about Senator Joe McCarthy. Uh, but at any rate... Can I, say, can I say one thing real quick? Real quick. The term disinformation was coined by Joseph Stalin. That's... That, I think, is a clue as to why the left is used it these days. Yeah, it's kind of frightening. All right. Well, thank you. Yeah. We, we will continue on the uh, bottom half of the hour. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 